with people who never really get a handle on money, there tends to be a sense that you work for your wage, whatever it is, you pay your living expenses, and then anything that's a windfall or that appears out of nowhere, or you have a little bit of extra, there tends to be a race to zero, right? So it's like a lot of people feel kind of either uncomfortable or they suddenly feel rich if they got 500 bucks in their pocket and they just got to blow it. Welcome to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast with your hosts, James Marshall and Liam McRae, where we will be diving deep into the issues of modern masculinity, seduction, dating, lifestyle design, sexuality, psychedelics, you name it. This is the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. Hey, James and John, my passed away a month ago today. So firstly, deep condolences to you. I feel, you know, a lot of sympathy and that must be really fucking rough. You're a young dude you know, to lose your father at that age. My heart goes out to you, bro. So you've said... It's obviously been really tough, but one of the things I've been worrying about recently in light of my situation, I'm almost 20 and I'm fresh out of school, is that in a world that is more expensive than ever, I have to be really smart with my money going forward. I can't rely on my parents anymore. What money tips do you guys have for young man who doesn't want to be broke? People keep telling me that money will come in time, but I don't want to be complacent. Okay. So neither John or I are financial planners. And we've also, we're not the most, we're not like the most frugal people on, we don't count every single penny. And yeah, so you would get different types of advice from someone who's like a money person, but here's, here's some perspectives that I can give because I, I grew up very poor through most of my twenties. I had very little money. It was really only in my, it was really only when I hit my thirties and, and the business started taking off that I st- suddenly started to come into money. And, and then, you know, my wealth was created over the last 10 years, basically. So prior to that, I was, I, I lived a very, very, you know, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't starving and, you know, I don't, and, and I came from a country where there was a social safety net, which uh, certainly I took advantage of. Uh, so there's lots of different places in the world with, where the situations are different and harder and easier situations. I'm not sure where you're from. I don't know if, you, if you're talking about America or, or what country you're coming from. And that will make a difference because there are, the realities are that some places are more expensive. Some places you get more support from the government if you need it. Some places wages are higher and lower. So, you know, all of those things factor in as well. But I, what I, I've always been pretty good with money in the sense that there's some really, and, and the, the, the last thing there, it says that people tell you that money will come in time. I would call absolute bullshit on that because that's not true. Money doesn't just come to everyone in time for no reason. It's not, it doesn't work like that. There is, you know, there's economies, there's, there's people who have huge wealth, there's people who don't, you know, sometimes those things are related to just being born in the right place with the right backing, you know, luck comes into play. I'm, I know that I am, I've worked hard and I'm skilled, but I'm also very fucking lucky. You know, like I think both John and I, like if we had to try and start our businesses today, it would be a very challenging situation compared to we, we were early movers. We got into this industry early and, you know, we had various legs up, bumped into various clients that ended up being big fish that kind of helped us through hard times and so on. So I, I don't, I'm not, I would never suggest that it's all because I'm so awesome and smart. It's there is, there's lots of factors at play that, that we don't necessarily have control over. But what I would say on this is that uh, you, you can, I would put aside the idea that like money will just come, although there are mindsets that will assist, assist you, but mindsets alone don't, don't do anything actually. I mean, they, they might make you feel better. They might, they can set you in correct directions and having incorrect mindsets, particularly around money can really, really hamstring you. So you would, you want to look, you do want to look at like, what are your thoughts around money? And I would say, again, I don't, I don't want to say this with any kind of blame or condescension when I say poverty mindsets, because 
again, I know some people are just born in, you know, if you're born in fucking North Korea, you, you can't mindset your way out of that, right? If you've, there's, there's lots of situations where being certain circumstances make it very, very challenging. So, you know, being born in a free country with a good passport, with a, with a social safety net, even though my family was poor, gave me legs up. But there is definitely like with people who never really get a handle on money, there tends to be a sense that you work for your wage, whatever it is, you pay your living expenses, and then anything that's a windfall or that appears out of nowhere or you have a little bit of extra, there tends to be a a race to zero, right? So it's like a lot of people feel kind of either uncomfortable or they suddenly feel rich if they got 500 bucks in their pocket and they just got to blow it. And I've seen friends over the years who, who have actually earned good money throughout their life in various points, but have always managed to rush back to zeros because they, they, they have that, they're, they're okay with being at zero. Like it's normal for them. And they don't really know what to do with a a bit of excess wealth. Cause if it's like, I've got an extra thousand, well, okay, I can't invest that and make a million. So I may as well buy a PlayStation and make myself feel better this week. So one thing that I did early on was I decided that $1,000 Australian dollars at the time was $0, right? So it meant that when I had a thousand bucks in my bank account, I had zero. That that was not that was non-negotiable. I couldn't touch that. It, I did. I didn't have a thousand bucks to spend. I had zero, and that, and I had a, a buff, some kind of basic buffer. And it, later on, when I made more money, I changed that number to ten thousand. Right. So that, that early on in the business, when I suddenly was like, "Well, I got ten grand. Holy fuck! I've never had ten grand." And I had, and I certainly had impulses like, "What could I buy? Where could I go?" And I was like, "No, no, that is zero now. That's the that's the foundation of my wealth." I don't know what to do with it right now. I don't have any idea how to invest it. I'm not going to suddenly run into some get rich, get rich quick thing because none of those things work. Nobody gets rich unless they're right at the top of, if they're right in the inside of, uh, you know, the, what, the way an, an economy works of some kind of insider trading, whether it's crypto or stocks or whatever else, you don't get rich overnight by listening to someone on the internet, especially who's like, buy these altcoins now as, as, both John and I have experienced when, 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 we, still when we dabbled in that. 2017, yeah, still hold. Yeah, 2017, we, yeah. We, 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 we got tangled up in that. Yeah, those things, of course, they're designed to make people who are desperate or poor feel like suddenly they can get out. Like that kind of charlatanism or con man stuff has existed for all time, from back from the idea of turning lead into gold. So, yeah, I would never take advice from someone on the internet who says you can 10x your, your money overnight by buying whatever, whatever it is. It's, it's bullshit. It, what it merely means is they're going to 10x because you're going to, 10 people are going to give you their stuff and then they're going to take the money. So there's no like, there's no like overnight thing for, for wealth creation in my, in, in my experience. And, and unless you, you know, occasionally there's some really lucky thing. Sure, if you bought Bitcoin at $1 because you knew about it then and you held it for 10 years, awesome for you. But uh, those things very, very rarely come along in, in human history. So there's that, there's that basic thing. And it comes down to like also looking at really, really basic stuff, income versus expenses. Now, I also understand that there are lots of places in the world where a, where a basic wage is almost untenable, right? Like you, you, you're on a minimum wage in America. Like how can you afford an apartment if every apartment costs two grand minimum a month? It's a, it's a really difficult situation. And, they're, and they're, this is something that maybe, okay, you're 20 years old. You have your whole life ahead of you. I don't know which country you're coming from or what the circumstance is, but there are places that are better and worse for wealth creation. Even if you look at a map of America, for example, that it's been well documented that like if you live in one state as opposed to another state, your chances of wealth creation are far, far higher because the just the well, economy is the stronger. UK. It's from the from- Okay, cool. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there's okay, so there's you know, there's there's these realities of like there can be systemic limitations to your location. 
if I hadn't have moved my business to Europe 10 years ago, it would be, I doubt it would still exist because the market was too small. The interest was not, not there. The, the, the wealth was not necessarily there in the country. And also the Australian attitude was a bit like, ah, ex, I don't know about this guy. Whereas the Europeans were much more open and there's a lot more wealth in the continent, right? So there may be with, with your whole life ahead of you, you may want to start thinking over the next, I mean, it, it doesn't have to happen overnight. It could be a multi-year plan that is the place that you live in the best place to, to try and become financially stable. It may be, or it may not. There may be, it may be worth like early on when, when you're a young man, you don't have much to off, uh, to trade on, right? You're not, you're not a specialist. You, you can't charge huge consulting rates for your skill set. What have you got to trade on? Well, often it's just your labor. And like I did that as a 17, 18 year old is in my summers, I did this for a few summers is I went and did hard fucking labor of picking fruit. Right. So like that, and it was a thing where I could go and work for three months and get paid 150 bucks a day or something, which to me at the time meant, you know, I could make a thousand bucks a week, which was unheard of. I worked extraordinarily hard for that, of course, but I had limited expenses. I was just living on a farm. I just had to paying for my food, lived in a caravan and worked really hard and saved up several thousand more over a, over a couple of months period, which then meant I could add to that, like I uh, had that, you know, a thousand is a zero. And then I had extra money, which I decided to invest in travel. Right? And so by the time I was 18, I was traveling the world when coming from a poor family, because I'd taken those small blocks of time to trade. The only thing I had to trade at the time, which was young, strong man can lift things and can pick things. And that was going to make me much more money. And I had friends who did this in the mines or went on working in fishing boats and, you know, things where, where male labor is, is of value and you need, to, and it's often tough work and you need to go somewhere that's usually kind of a place or, you know, not, there's not girls around necessarily, but it was worth it because that started gr- meaning that year, but that, that year I was, I was wealthy for a young broke dude and I had choices about what I wanted to do, which for me was travel to China and learn Kung Fu, right? So these are, these are, these are some of the basics that you need to sort of get a, get a handle around. And to, to do understand that there are that, yeah, some places in the world that are so expensive to live in that trying to grind, like rocking up in, okay, I mean, John did this and I did this too, like rocking up in an expensive city and okay, made it happen. But, you know, maybe it's better to, to start things in a cool city, one that has lo, lo, something lively going on, but is cheaper to, to live in. Maybe that means going from, from UK, means going over to Spain and working summers there and, you know, or, or some other Eastern European country where if you can figure out a way to earn, like, not a local wage, right? So if you go and move to the Czech Republic and try in the cafe, they, it's not going to be great because the wages are low. But what could you do? Could you teach English there? Yeah, possibly. So what do you need to do that? Go online, do a TESOL course. Costs whatever a thousand bucks, takes a couple of months, get qualified as an English teacher. Okay, maybe you can go to a country where that uh, thing is tradable on a, on a much higher level. So I don't, I don't want to go too much more detail, but the final thing I want to say is the thing that for me and for many guys that I know who, who went from being just working class guys with no, no money behind them to eventually, you know, finding some kind of financial freedom, they, they all, we all learned a skill, which meant that we could double, triple or quadruple the base minimum wage of the country. Right. So, and there are, there are lots of these kinds of skills that could be learned within six months. So for me, it was massage, right. I went, well, I actually did a two year course because I wanted to get deep into it, but I, I could have done it shorter. And so I was going from a guy that was worth 10 bucks an hour working as a whatever cleaner, fucking chopping wood or whatever I could do to being able to earn 60 bucks now, right? So I six, so suddenly like I, I only needed to work 10 hours a week and I was making 600 plus bucks a week. So that, and, and, a, and, and I was free to work on music and the other things I wanted to do. So it doesn't, and, and with that skill, 
like I know both John and I have been fortunate and skilled enough to end up having jobs where our jobs are our passions, right? We love the thing we do and we get to get paid for it. That is amazing, but not, but not all, there's not all jobs on the planet can be like that. So what I would be looking at is if you have a driving passion about something you want to work on to, to get to, especially if it's something artistic music or, or something where it's like acting or something where it's like a very small percentage of people are really going to make it regardless of your, of your talent, uh, you know, or you have like some very specific pie in the sky dream Cool. Go for that. Yes, absolutely. But also have a side hustle, have something that a skill set that you can develop over a year or two years or, so, or, or less, which is tradable for multiples of what basic income is, because that means suddenly you can free up time. Right. And that, and that means you can put more time into your passion project, or you can start to accrue basic levels of wealth. So that you can get that, that one grand, that five grand, that 10 grand that are your base, like securities, which is also the beginnings of fuck you money. Right. It's the like, most people are trapped in whatever job they have, whether they hate it or not, because they can't afford to, you know, if they, if they quit tomorrow, how are they going to feed themselves? When you got 10 grand in your pocket, well, I could feed myself for some months or a year if I was being frugal. So I've got a year's worth of fuck you money. Maybe if I, you know, if I went off to India and lived for a year in, on Goa on the beach in Goa, I could live on 10K easy and bang hippie chips and chicks and eat chips, eat, eat Papa Dumb chips and have a great time. And so I've got a year's worth of freedom in my pocket. And that's, for me, like was always the motivation to get rich, right? Like I, I, as, you, as you can see, I, the only thing I wear on my wrist is some Ayahuasca bands. And I don't, uh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't to get bling or to get cars or to impress people. It was that I wanted more and more layers, levels of freedom. So that, you know, now I know that it's like I had the rest of my life is free, right? Uh, I, can, I can earn more money and I will, but uh, there's no, no one gets to tell me what to do ever again. Not that they really did it ever, but so, yeah, those are some basics to look at. Just really understanding ins and outs, really understanding the taxation system in your country and saying, okay, how many months do you need to work for the government? Because that's what you're doing, right? You've, it's a certain number of months you'll need to, if you're, if you're in the system. Okay. And, and is there ways like over time where, especially if you start a business, that would be the first thing. Well, one of the early things I'll be looking at is like, is it uh, sure you spend your first couple of years at home sitting at your business, but can I move it offshore or move it internationally to, to not have to pay the huge corporate tax that might exist in one country versus a lower one in, in another country? And I mean, some people have ethical concerns with that, but my opinion is it's like, I'm in the, I'm in the countries that I live in. I pay tax by bringing heaps of clients there, by spending money there all the time, by giving to beggars. Uh, you know, I pay my taxes in, in, in other ways. And then I do what, what I can legally do to not, you know, not pay 50% corporate tax that if I was set up in Austria or whatever. So yeah, those are some things to start thinking about. It will be a long, longer term projects if you don't come from huge wealth. Don't, don't be looking for get rich quick stuff. Looking, look for how do I start squirreling away uh, decent amounts? How do I start clawing back my time? How do I start to develop a skill set, one or two or more skill sets, which mean that I get paid 20 or 30 or 40 or 50, 60 bucks an hour instead of 10, or whatever the ratios are in your country? Because that's the stuff that will actually eventually lead you to, to wealth. And then along the way, when you have a decent amount of money to actually invest in, don't invest in something because it sounded good, like because, because someone on the internet. The only time I've invested money, whether it was gold, crypto, real estate, was when I knew somebody who had proven track records because I can see that he's doing it. I can see his bank account. He's, he understands how to do it and he's a friend of yours. 
that's when you should invest, right? Because there are so many scams and it is tragic to see people work, you know, hard to save up heaps of money and then lose it on some dumb scam, right? So yes, those, that's my advice. Yeah, and then I could add to that, number one is, is there's some things James and I don't have, which is a wife and kids. And we didn't knock those girls up early and get saddled down. So maybe some of you are in that situation, but I'm obviously going to make it harder to save money or and also to follow your own personal dreams. So you're 20 years old and my dad just died six months ago and he didn't leave me anything, went to my stepmom. So that was, that was a blow to me and he didn't give me much money in my life, you know, especially not in a long time. So the thing about this is, is like I grew up, I would say middle class and there's something about the middle class that makes you lazy because you have things, you don't have everything, you aspire to more. But you have the health care, you have that. And there's something about being a first generation immigrant, for example, that makes you work like hell. And there's something about losing your dad at 20 that, and not having much money that, that gives you the opportunity to work like hell. So on one hand, you don't get to be the rich kid with the $600 sneakers and the $10 lattes all day, but you get to be someone who, whose laser focuses on his life. So I would use that as a motivation. And then I guess for me, ever since I got to that point that James talked about, there was a point and it went on for a long time. Remember, I was trying to be an artist and an artist is, and I had that a delusional, I won't say it was delusional, but it was delusional, a delusional dream that uh, like I got on a TV show. I thought, that's it. I'm rich. And then I realized it doesn't, I've made more money, you know, bussing tables here, you know? So it was like, uh, <laughs> but so the point is, is, you know, I always thought there was some big payday for me in the future, but the, the actual reality is, is that you, one, you want to be able to follow your dreams. I want you to follow your dreams. And uh, so whatever they are, you know, you're young enough that you should be, but at the same time, live below your means. So when you get to that point, where you have 5,000 in the bank or 1,000, that's 1,000 you're never allowed to touch no matter what. You're saving that. And then it gets to 5,000 and then 10,000. I know when I had $10,000 saved in cash and I was looking at it, I just felt rich. I was living below my means and I felt rich. And that's not rich by most people's standards. But over time, I became, I think by most standards, wealthy, you know, so... I, that happened just from, and li- always for me, I live below my means. I, ha- I get what I want. I have my things that I enjoy. Like James said, I'm not wearing my pretty bracelet right now, but I have nice, I always have a lot of sneakers and I have cool clothes and I eat where I want. I eat expensive, I eat healthy, expensive food. I go where I want. I do what I want. I want to take a date out to a nice place. I do it. So I don't feel restricted in any way, but for example, New York's a very expensive place. I could pay, I could get an apartment for four times as much, but I like my little apartment. It's cozy. It's in the ideal spot and it's working for me. And uh, I save several, a lot of money every month on that. And that's money that I guess goes into investing. And, and if I want to, I can totally get another apartment. I just change because I'm in that situation now. So what I'm saying is, is live, don't live below, above your means, obviously, right? But at this time, I think as a young guy, you should be following your dreams and, uh, and just listen to what James said because he really broke it down. Thanks so much for listening to the Natural, Natural Lifestyles, Lifestyles Podcast. Podcast. Check us out on YouTube at The, the Natural, Natural TV. TV. See you on the next episode.